Produced by PI Media. Abundant in volume yet scarce, soothing and relaxing yet bearing a devastating force. Defies the laws of physics and it can heal as much as it can harm. It is the source of life. I'm Idan and from Israel Newtech and PI Media, this is Waterline. Welcome back to Waterline. During Watek Tel Aviv 2017, I sat down for a conversation with Will Sarni. Sarni, a consultant to both private and public sector enterprises, focuses on developing and implementing sustainability and water strategies. He is an author of several books, including Watertech, a guide to investment, innovation and business opportunities in the water sector. I asked him a simple question. Is water high-tech? Well, I think that's a great question. It's, it's really interesting. Water is incredibly low-tech and high-tech. You know, if you, you follow the world in water, you're seeing essentially a, a resurgence of traditional methods of managing water at a local level. Things like rainwater capture, the development of catchments. It, it is very low-tech, and those low-tech solutions still work. We tend to default to the high-tech space, and there are a lot of really cool things going on uh, in that high-tech space. Oded Distel, head of Israel Newtech, does not appreciate this dichotomy between low and high-tech. It is no longer true, he says. For me, whoever uh, looks at those definitions is losing the point. All those sectors like water and energy and agro and transportation All those sectors are going through dramatic transformation, and all those sectors are now high-tech, exactly like communication and mobile and HLS and, and others. And there is a great transformation that is happening just in front of our eyes in all those sectors that are becoming more and more connected to data, to optimization, to usage of uh, sophisticated algorithms. So it's definitely a sector that is deeply connected to the very basic needs of mankind, of society. But at the same time, you can see that things are changing. It's a slow process, but it is happening. Will Sarni. So think about how data solutions, big data, IoT, predictive analytics, artificial intelligence, can really transform the water sector in both the public and the private side of the equation, and also urban and rural settings. It really runs the gamut. Water is a public health issue, and rightfully so, the public sector and utilities are not going to be gambling with your health. They will innovate, but they want to see it proven first. If you think about the evolution of the water sector, we have moved to very centralized water and wastewater treatment systems. They are big, complex, capital-intensive systems, and changing those systems requires a lot of effort. But this is the 21st century, and we suddenly have a menu of solutions available to us, and we should thoughtfully pick and choose what we invest in 
as opposed to thinking about last century or the previous century solutions as the only alternative. We can now develop off-grid, decentralized, distributed water systems. One size does not fit all. We need to think more creatively. You know, some people are approaching this with a blank sheet of paper. And I believe the greatest potential is from people that are not water people. It's refreshing to see that interest, excitement, and different point of view that doesn't come with the biases that certainly I have. As a hydrologist. Yes. Odette Distel. I see our role as uh, bringing this change of internal culture in all those very traditional conservative organizations that used to do things the way they did for so many years, you know, Organization and individuals don't like so much to change, but they gradually understand that they must. They don't have any other opportunity. The change is in so many aspects, including adoption of new technologies and new ways of uh, using data and taking decisions based on this data. So all those traditional concepts are changing, and you can see it happening just in front of our eyes. Let's say that I'm an entrepreneur. I have a spark in my brain, a sparkle in my eyes, mm-hmm. and I have an idea that I would like to promote. What does the future look like for me? So probably if you are a young entrepreneur with a brilliant idea, maybe you are dealing with the algorithm and communication and sensors, we have a competition. Because most probably, transportation would like to have you, and medical and health sector would love to have you, and so is the financial sector. The thing is, we would like, as the water sector, to have the best and the most brilliant guys coming to us. So what I can say is, one, it's not an easy sector. Things take time. But a very important element to be considered is the fact that the entrepreneurs, you know, at the end of the day, they go home. In the evening and I can imagine that if you are this entrepreneur and you're gonna speak over dinner with your uh, wife kids neighbors friends if you are in water you're gonna have this spark in your eye when you're gonna tell them what you do the fact that the technology that you have just developed is going to help people in China India or US or in uh, Europe and they're gonna make their life better and I think this is a great uh, reward and It does not come instead of money. Money should also be there. And we see those entrepreneurs that are coming to water. And uh, you hear the uh, satisfaction that they have when they speak about the projects that they are doing and the fact that they see that the technology is really improving people's life all over the world. My guest today can certainly comment on these issues. Eitan Levy, A chemical engineer came from a family of entrepreneurs. However, he admits he never thought he'd be one himself. In 1999, he says, when Ronen Schechter and I began working on Aquise, I did not know I'm creating a startup. I thought I was opening a business. Aquise creates an innovative biological water and wastewater treatment solution for the industrial and municipal markets. In 2007, Aquise was bought, and Levy and Schechter were looking for their next venture. In comes MFC. Still in the world of wastewater treatment, but this time around, making electricity out of wastewater. 
but let's start at the very beginning. At the age of 36, Levy became the CEO of Aquise. My career before starting Aquise was a combination of technical roles as an engineer and business development. So this combination of doing marketing, sales, strategy, combined with a lot of technical knowledge and technical acquaintance with the market, provided me the right background. I think that a startup entrepreneur, CEO, managing director of a technical startup, technology-based startup, needs to have this combination of technical skills and business skills. If a CEO is just a businessman, for example, a lawyer or an economist, in a space that requires technical skills, he needs to be dependent upon other technical people that complete this lacoon in understanding the product and how to develop it and how to present it to the market. If an entrepreneur is just technical, if he's an engineer, he can be a great technologist, a great product developer, but doesn't know how to wrap it in the business package and how to present it to the market, it won't succeed either. So the combination of technical skills and business skills is a must to become a successful entrepreneur. Why water? And especially why wastewater? Generally, in the global economy, the largest businesses, all this power generation, communication, pharma, water is among the largest spaces of activity in the world economy. It's about almost a trillion dollar in its value annually, and it's a very stable market. Wastewater is flowing on a daily basis, and it needs to be treated in order to prevent contamination of the water sources. It's a very stable business, and it's very strange when you're looking at water, in the places where is the highest quantity and quality of water, the water prices are the highest because the major component of the cost of water is not the water itself, it's the wastewater treatment. Wastewater treatment is a costly process and that's why this space of wastewater treatment is so attractive. It's expensive, it's stable, it happens every day and it's being done quite inefficiently. There's a lot of improvements to be done in this space. That's why bringing new technologies to this conservative space that is so large in the business value Is very attractive. What does it mean to be an entrepreneur? Being an entrepreneur means taking a baby, an idea, and making a family out of it, building a staff of great people that can take this idea. It's a whole world of activities of building a company from scratch and making it a success. And you are a serial water entrepreneur. What does that mean? I didn't know that I'm going to become a serial entrepreneur and it took me some time. I had to do it several times until I realized that in fact it's becoming serial. It means uh, restarting from the beginning uh, after the company has achieved the leading world position and then restarting from the very beginning of hiring their first employees and finding a name and a logo and going through all the cycle. In the following times after the first time, one may believe that it's easier, but every time the challenges are different and you have to uh, recollect the experience that uh, you did in the previous cycle. Unlike uh, internet or, or application companies, in water, the cycle is about 10 years. So when you start a new cycle, you have to recollect the experience of 10 years ago of mm-hmm. starting the company. I would assume that after you've done your exit, as it's called in this world, after you, you've sold your company, you would go to the Bahamas and um, relax. Why bother and start from scratch? You know, 
people are asking and I'm also asking myself what is the motive power what is the motivation of an entrepreneur and one thing for sure it's not the money it's not the exit and when people say it the listeners tend not to believe well, there's no chance he did it only for money and I think that the strongest motive power is to succeed is to do something good to be the, a good company with good employees with good products to do something good to the world and To yourself also because there's a lot of satisfaction in, in, in doing it and that's why the, the passion of doing it good of doing it successfully is much stronger than the passion of becoming rich people say that to be a good entrepreneur you must fail at least once or twice thank God you weren't in that status now you know people are looking at the end of the story but uh, not in the chapters inside the book And in each success, there are many failures in the middle. Both uh, at Aquise and at MFC, we went through very difficult times. The startup company is based on raising capital, and you can never raise capital for too long period ahead. Raising capital is typically for 18 to 24 months of the burn rate for the company needs, and then you have to raise again. So a startup CEO is always in a process of analyzing the financial situation of the company and looking for the next uh, investors to join the company. Company, not just for the money but also for the added value of the investors so when do you have time for uh, developing the IP developing the product itself entrepreneurs life are very challenging about half of the time is spent on raising capital and thinking about the financial situation of the company and interacting with the investors and the second half which may be very large like 24 hours a day uh, is really developing the product the markets the company the, the team so it's it's quite uh, demanding and When we started Aquise in year 2000, it was still in the internet bubble days, and investors that already had some achievements from the internet bubble wanted to put some money in more conventional investments, and they were looking for water was one of the challenges for investment. So it was relatively easy to raise money in year 2000. But then when the bubble collapsed in 2001 and 2002, and we had to raise capital again, it was extremely difficult. And we could somehow survive and struggle until 2005, and the company almost shut down. We didn't have money to pay salaries and to pay the rent. And then additional investors joined the company and saved it. Then the luck really changed, and we started to do uh, successful projects one after the other, and the company started uh, continuous growth uh, well until today. Let's go back to that point that you said, I have no money to pay the salaries. Tell me about that morning. There is always this balance between the passion and the will to continue and build a company and the endless optimism of an entrepreneur that tomorrow is going to be good. And tomorrow we're going to get a new job, we're going to find an investor and so on. Sounds to me like uh, more of a gambler. than an entrepreneur, the way that you put it. There is many gambling in ETS because you always have to keep several balls in the air while running forward. And it happens in every startup in certain points of its life. It happened to Aquise at least once, and to MFC at least twice. Fortunately, in the crises that I had to go through, it succeeded and eventually we did build successful companies and it was good. But it was that close to shutting down the company. Being an entrepreneur... In the world of water that's a very interesting minefield you got into the world of water adds specific challenges 
to entrepreneurship or innovation in this space. The market is very conservative. Customers are not happy to adapt to new technologies. And it's very difficult to convince because we're talking about health issues. It affects the water quality that affects public health. It requires authorities' approval, health authorities, environmental authorities, infrastructure authorities. So it has to go through a long process of approvals. And then the adoption rate is very slow. because it takes time to install and to test. From the readiness point, that is not a fixed point, it's at least three years until the product can be considered a proven engineered product. I would say that the cycle of a company in the water or wastewater treatment space is seven to 12 years. A recent study that was done by a research company called Bluetech says that the typical time that it takes to a water company to stabilize is 14 years. It's a lot of time. So thinking about starting a new company where you have to provide the capital and the skills over 14 years until it reaches a break-even, it's quite challenging. Let's talk about the capital then. It's capital intensive because it cannot be done in a lab over a computer screen. It requires a lot of field work and this field work cannot be in small scale. So it means installations that are usually not being paid by the customers and that's why it takes so much time. In Israel, we have several unique programs by the government, by the Innovation Authority, and by the NewTek program, by the Ministry of Economy and other ministries in the government that developed several programs for unique support of those stages of initial installations and tests of the technology. But it's still there's a lot of difficulty involved in it. It's a complex of solutions to be developed and addressed besides the technology itself. What I heard now is quite discouraging. Why bother? If I'm a person with a great idea for the water sector, it's quite discouraging. Not only that you did not quit the first time around when you saw how big the problem is, you kept on going to a second venture within the world of water. I'm going to ask you a question and feel free not to answer it. Are you a masochist? <laughs> Um, when I started MFC after Aquise, I was sure that in the second time it's going to be much faster. <laughs> so I was somewhere uh, optimist as entrepreneurs always are. At Aquise, it took us about seven years to develop a stable company that is profitable and is selling. And I was sure that at MFC it's going to take five years. And in fact, it took eight years or so. Starting today a company in where I am and thinking that it's going to take 14 years in average, it's quite discouraging. Yes, I agree. I'm spending some time today thinking how to break this paradigm and how to try to make it faster, either doing it in different spaces like artificial intelligence and things that Israel is very strong at, or building the venture on an existing business that already has revenues and sales and can afford taking a long time to develop a new technologies, new product. But I would say your companies and companies like yours in the past two decades created a place where people realized that there is a place for entrepreneurship and ingenuity, even with such an old, slow, infrastructure-based company. sector. There are several success stories in the water space. They all took a long time to develop, but were eventually successful. I would mention in this space, for example, disinfection of water by UV light. It changed the way that water is disinfected worldwide. Separating particles from water by membranes also took about 20 years to develop. All these are success stories. Companies that were sold in a magnitude of about a billion dollar valuation. 
I think that when we are comparing the water entrepreneurship space to other spaces, yes, it does take longer, but the success chances are much higher than in the high-tech industry, where there are a lot of competing startups, a lot of applications being developed, and one of a thousand will probably succeed. It's not the same in water. So from the investor's point of view, when it's balanced with the chance to succeed and the investment that is needed, even though it's a long journey, it's still profitable. You had the chance to be... In both places, both an entrepreneur and an investor. Which side do you like more? I always uh, favor the entrepreneur side. Of, really? Of actually being on the floor and doing the job uh, in the battlefield and not just supervising the success. You are a masochist. <laughs> <laughs> Some people say so. Yes, I always uh, liked uh, the doing side much more than the supervision side. And I enjoyed it very much. Over the years, when I gained the experience and I know what needs to be done and what you should avoid and what to do next, I feel that I can help others to do it from the investment point of view. But decades back, my choice was absolutely being on the entrepreneurship side and I'm not thinking twice about it. Let's talk a bit about ego. You were an entrepreneur. You sold your company and back to square one. Now, your name is known. You have at least one big success under your belt, but you now need to go back to the point of asking people to trust you, asking money from people. Doesn't sound easy to me. Ego is the number one obstacle in building a startup company in any space, no matter what space of activity it is. Ego between entrepreneurs, between co-founders, between the founders and the investors, between the founders and the customers and the employees. So the ability to control the ego, to work in a team, requires giving up the ego. And it's not always possible. And mainly in times of high tension, it makes it even more difficult to control the ego. But it's a major parameter in building a successful company. I think it's a matter of a character. There are people that have more difficulties to control the ego and people that are doing it naturally. Let's talk about MFC. When do you get the idea for that? At Aquise, besides providing technology, in the last years, we also became operators and owners of several wastewater treatment plants as a service. And by being an operator and owner, we felt very well the costs associated with wastewater treatment. And we realized that the major cost component is the energy, the electricity to run the blowers. And this brought us to think about ideas how to change this industry And how to break this rule that treating wastewater requires a lot of energy. And this was the idea behind the MFC. We read an article that was published in one of the scientific magazines talking about a group of researchers in a U.S. university that develop a bacteria that producing electricity as they break down the organic material. The technology was called microbial fuel cell. MFC. MFC. Uh, we realized that there were about 10 components that, that are required to be developed from scratch for this MFC. One of the components was the breathable membrane that we had to develop for the purpose of providing oxygen to the MFC. We realized that developing the uh, MFC is going to take time because it's a very complex product that requires a lot of components to be developed. But we found that the market is much bigger than what we estimated in the beginning, and it ended up to be a great product 
and we found an excellent niche for it in several markets, but mainly currently in the Chinese market. It's very suitable for decentralized wastewater treatment. And while addressing villages in China, it's a great solution, a very efficient one. So we opened a production facility in China to manufacture it close to the market using uh, local raw materials. And uh, there's a potential there for 100,000 villages in China that require small wastewater treatment plants that will be easy to operate, can be monitored uh, remotely, and are doing it in an energy-efficient manner. And that's why there was an excellent fit, and it's being developed now in China quite nicely. Why not it being another product of Aquise? Because you're still in the same market, wastewater treatment. Why open an entire new company? A company has shareholders and board of directors, and they are setting the direction of the company. And when the board of directors that are no longer the founders, the founders usually are becoming a minority in the company as it develops. And when the board is not interested to change the direction of the company to develop a new technology for the company, it's their right. So it's a very good to restart a new company with new investors and new team. And uh, as an entrepreneur and innovator, I like starting things from scratch. Not too often, <laughs> but once every 10 years. It's fair enough. Were you disappointed at the board? Yes, we wanted uh, to proceed in the same manner. It's not easy to, to take this decision of making a change. But there were disagreements. Uh, things were uh, seen differently. And it's uh, completely uh, reasonable that there are disagreements developing over years. And we remain friends. All fine. 2015, you go to the market with MFC, the Australian Stock Exchange, and you become public. Two years afterwards, you merge with another big water company and you're out again. Let's talk about this mechanism of going public, selling it or merging into a bigger body, creating a new company and then leaving. Well, being aware that developing a successful company in the space of wastewater treatment takes time requires changing the mix of the investors over time. We start with the venture capital investors and they have an horizon of typically 10 years because they need to repay the investors uh, they invested in their venture capital fund. And we understood that we are going to build something big, but it's going to take time. So when the company was about seven years old, the idea of going to the public was very attractive in order to enable an exit route for the early stage investors that invested in the company seven, eight years ago, while still enabling the company to raise more capital in order to grow further. This was the idea behind going public. We found the Australian market to be an excellent capital market in this aspect, that Australians are very open to innovation. They have a lot of appreciation to water technology and specifically Israeli technologies. So it was a good combination of an interest in water and interest in Israeli technologies and a capital market that is in a thirst for investment in new technologies. Now, when the company um, became larger and larger, and we needed additional skills that were not inside the company at this point of time, engineering skills, logistics, project execution, one possibility was to add these capabilities over time. Another possibility was to try to team up with uh, another company that has those skills already in place but doesn't have innovation. So by combining a company with a lot of innovation with another company that has a lot of execution capabilities would make a good combination. And we found an excellent match with the RWA Water. And by combining the two companies together and combining the teams, we complemented each other. 
creating together a very strong power called Fluence. So Fluence Corporation is the combination of MFC and Arterbeer Water and focuses on decentralized water and wastewater treatment. So the idea is uh, smart packages of desalination plants, wastewater treatment plants, industrial treatment plants, industrial water pre-treatment, all packaged and arranged for decentralized water treatment. How easy is it to say goodbye? It's not easy to say goodbye to a company that you founded because it really is like a baby, like a child that starts walking and there's a lot of emotions around it. It's much more than a business, but we need to make the combination of business uh, thinking and put the emotions aside and move forward and it's good for everyone. I think it's very rare that a company is managed by the founding team over years. Because a company changes phases of its life, uh, from an early stage development to product maturity to a market approach and then operational phase, it requires different skill set and different people. And the founding team uh, needs to know uh, where to put the keys on the table and to hand over the uh, leadership to a new um, management with different uh, skill set that can take the company to the next phase. There are a few cases in the history where uh, founders could adjust and take the company uh, when it became a large corporate. It's not my case. I'm an uh, early stage entrepreneur. I'm a manager that can take a company to the early success. But when it becomes a routine, day-to-day management, other people can do a better job. When do you say goodbye? When I get bored. <laughs> when you get bored? <laughs> <laughs> when it becomes a um, routine... Project management, financial management, no um, specific development, just ongoing business. When is it right for an entrepreneur to say goodbye? The departure point of the founding team is not necessarily a matter of time. It's a matter of the stage of the development of the company. And when the company starts to address the main market, after addressing the early adapters and when the technology is stabilized, the product is stabilized, this is the right time to either have the management adjust to this new phase or to change management. I would like to finalize our conversation with three tips for the entrepreneur who wishes to make his way in the world of water. So three tips for the water entrepreneur. People are asking if water entrepreneurship is unique. And I think that entrepreneurship is entrepreneurship. It doesn't matter if it's an app or a medical device or water technology. There are some unique characters uh, when I talk about the water market, the slow adaptation, the time it takes to develop, but it's also it exists also in other uh, areas of activity as well, like in the biomedical technologies, it also takes a lot of time. If I'm asked about uh, three tips, besides the obvious factors of, of course, uh, innovation and uh, thinking out of the box and so on, first of all, persistence. Don't give up, even in crisis times, if you really believe in your product and that it's going to make a good impact in the market. Second, I would say honesty, transparency, building a team with both the employees and the investors and the customers of trust and friendship and honesty. And third, a strategy. Think through the strategy, what you're going to 
present to the market how, how you're going to wrap it, how you're going to position it. Entrepreneurs tend to not consider strategies so important because there are so many things to care about. A strategy is something that's always left at the bottom of the pile. Take it at the top of the pile and strategize what you are doing. Think about the longer term of which markets you are going to address, with which products, at which price, with which partners. It's critically important for the success of the company. Ethan Levy, a serial water entrepreneur. Thank you very much for coming. My pleasure. Thank you. Waterline is brought to you by Israel Newtech and is a PI Media production.